Hi, this is David Vincent, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the director of counseling services in the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. This is a conversation featuring experts and subjects related to raising happy, successful children in today's world. On each broadcast, parent guests will join in and provide their perspective on current trends and issues our kids face in school, society, and at home. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become achieving kids. Subject for today's podcast is sexting and the impact that it can have from a legal perspective, school disciplines perspective, and also the emotional toll it can take on a student. All of this impacts their achievement both in school and in life. Hey everybody, uh, we have some guests today. I'm going to welcome them. Um, we have uh, Mr. Mike Leeser. He's our school attorney and he's partner with uh, Leeser, Crass, and Attorneys at Law. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Glad to be here. And we have some Wiley ISD parents, Amanda, Stephanie James, and Stacy Smith. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. I am super happy that you're here, and thanks for helping us tackle this, this big subject. Um, we're going to join this conversation, and I really want to make sure that you guys have the ability to cover and ask the questions and give your insight and your opinions from a mom perspective because that's really important. So we're going to begin with you, Mike. Um, Mike, you know, there is no doubt there's been an increase in the cases of sexting. Um, as far as this goes, you just got finished talking to all of our junior highs and high schools and assemblies, right? Yes, sir, we did. And uh, please tell us a little bit about what you talked to them about the laws and how they uh how they are relevant to our kids and kind of give us some definitions and then talk to us a little about the legal ramifications about when these kids send these photographs from a phone. Well, we were, like I said, we were lucky enough, to, uh, part, my partner and I, Dean McNall, to talk to the junior highs and the high schools here. And the main topic of the presentation was sexting and the, and the things that were involved around that. And we went into the piece that sexting actually involves bullying at some point or very much can do that. Um, so some of the things we discussed basically were definitions in the law that went with it. The definition of sexting, it's a verb, it's sexually suggestive text messaging via mobile devices. So anytime you use your phone or any other mobile device to, to send something that shouldn't happen with regard to a, a picture of a student or a picture of a friend or girlfriend, boyfriend, that meets that definition. One of the things we talked about in the presentation was the amount of kiddos that are doing this, the amount of students that are doing this. Um, you know, we had a survey from East Texas that said about 28% of sophomores and juniors were sending pictures. The most kids that send those pictures are girls. The other part of the survey was 31% had asked someone to send that. That was boys. Imagine that. So that's kind of the, the, the secret to this. There's a couple of laws that come into play here that are very important for you guys to understand. Number one is having a picture of uh, somebody in a, in a state of, of nudity or doing something uh, sexual in nature could be promotion of child pornography. And that is very serious offense. That offense not only is a felony, that means you go to the, the, the state jail down in Huntsville. That offense also means that you could have to register as a, as a sex offender. We don't want that. That is, not in, that is not what we need or what is important here for you going forward. If you have to register as a sex offender on this point forward, it could affect you going to college, it could affect you getting a job for the rest of your life. The, uh, the penalties that are involved there are anything from what we, a state jail felony 
uh, to a first-degree felony. First-degree felonies are five to 99 years in a $10,000 fine. One of the lower uh, one of the lower penalties is a third-degree felony, which is two to ten years in jail and a $10,000 fine. Again, this is not a good life plan for you. You do not want to get caught with child pornography on your phone or other mobile device. What really comes into play uh, with students is two specific provisions in the penal code. One is penal code 43.261, and I know those numbers don't mean anything to you, but as a lawyer, they mean a lot to us. This is when a person who is a minor commits an offense if the person intentionally or knowingly by electronic means promotes to another minor visual material depicting a minor, including the actor, engaging in sexual conduct. This is the person that takes the picture of themselves and sends it. This is what this particular statute is for. So this statute would be the young lady who becomes topless and sends the topless photograph to her boyfriend. The boy who takes a picture of, of his uh, pieces of his anatomy that he shouldn't and sends it to his girlfriend. These are the one, these are the things that where this particular statute comes into play. Now, this particular statute is a misdemeanor, anywhere from Class B to Class C or Class C to Class A. Excuse me. $500 fine for Class C could be up to a year in jail time, and $4,000 fine for a Class A misdemeanor. Again, pretty serious penalties for you. What also comes into play here is that if that picture somehow makes its way to the school, its school setting is now the school can discipline for that. And by discipline, in that particular situation, they can send you to DAEP. That would be the Achieve School here in Wiley. So you want to stay out of that if you can. The, uh, so that's the, where you send the picture of yourself or a friend that sends the picture. The other penal code provision that, that is <clears throat> very important here, very important here, is the unlawful disclosure or promotion of intimate visual material. This is where I know you're in love and I know that you want to send that picture to your boyfriend, but when you drop your top and you send that picture, the boyfriend now breaks up with you or you break up with him. And then what happens is, is he now turns that picture into his own personal wallpaper and sends it to everybody else. He sends it out via Instagram or via Snapchat or whatever it may be. This particular offense is a little more serious than the one we just talked about. This one is where this one is a felony. And when this one it happens and it's a felony and it comes to the school campus, this is, is, this is an automatic mandatory achieve placement. You're going to go to the district alternative school. Also, depending upon the severity, it could result in a placement in the juvenile justice alternative school at Collin County. I don't want anybody to have to do that. We don't want any kiddos to go there for that particular reason. That's why we did these presentations. We want to raise awareness for this. These, these particular laws and this particular crime is a state jail felony. A state jail felony is up to 180 days to two years in jail and a $10,000 fine. I, know, I don't know about y'all, I don't have $10,000 to spend on my kiddos for sexting. And so the promotion of these pictures, once they get to your child, your child sends them to everywhere else, that becomes an issue. I represented a school district where the freshman football team had a chat room or whatever you want to call it on Instagram where they got pictures from, they received pictures from all their girlfriends, their topless girlfriends, they got about a dozen of them, and they posted them all to this particular chat room so the entire freshman football team could look at them. Not a good plan. Number one, lots of kiddos went to DAP. Some girls went to DAP for sending the pictures. Lots of boys did. And the freshman football team, uh, as a former coach, we like to say we stimulated their mind through their feet. I think they had to run quite a bit, is my understanding, as well as some other things. So we want to stay out of trouble that way. 
Uh, finally, the last thing I really want to hit on is uh, a lot of times this behavior turns into bullying. And part of our presentation, parents, as, as your kiddos may have told you, your students may have told you, dealt with a young man out of San Antonio who committed suicide. His name was David Mullick. And David committed suicide because students were picking on him via Instagram based upon his appearance and uh, had pictures, and they sent these pictures out and, uh, and made fun of him. Sexting almost always turns into bullying. And in an ev almost every case, because the young man or young lady who sent the original picture once that picture makes the rounds, now everybody's looking at them, they're picking on them, they're doing things with them that, that turn into bullying somehow. And the one thing that I, I, we really emphasized to the students when we defined bullying was the legislature had passed something called David's Law about a year ago based on David's situation. And the one thing that we, the one thing the legislature did was expand the definition of bullying so that the school can punish even if it happens off campus away from the school. So the student, if it affects the student on the campus, then we can still punish for it. And bullying in the new law basically says if you're caught bullying, you could go to DAP or be expelled to JJAP. So we want to be very cognizant of those things. And this almost always turns into that. Um, Dr. Vinson, that's, Actually, that's the that short. covers a lot, uh, parents. Um, you know, Amanda, you know, from uh, do y'all want y'all have any questions before we talk about the social emotional aspect of it all? Well, let, yeah, let me ask you, Mike. Since we talked about you know some of the ramifications for the kids as a parent, um, if you find that your kid has been sent a photo, whether that's you know inadvertently or on purpose, you know, what steps should you take as a parent? And as a parent, are the ramifications for you if you don't take steps? Well, as a parent. There's not, the ramifications are used that what you have to do with this trouble your child will get in. You know, you're responsible criminally for that child if, not criminally, excuse me, if, they're, if a fine is committed or they're fine on the criminal side of things. Really the ramifications for the student, we had this very scenario happen after our presentations here in Wiley where we had a young lady that received a picture. She immediately went to her mom and said, wait a minute, I know this is, there's something wrong here. And then they, provided that information to the school. If you're in your receipt of a picture, you have not violated anything at this point unless somehow you violated the child pornography statutes. Okay, there's no discipline for you. The trick for you now is to bring it to the attention of everybody else and, and get it to your counselor, your, your teacher, your parent, your, your assistant principal, your principal, uh, even the SRO. And that's somebody that the SROs were in our presentations and, and that made it perfect for us because I could point to them and say, hey guys, they're, they're here because they like you. They, they like to be around kids or they wouldn't be here. There's other things they can do in the police department. And so that's how we tried to push those folks. And you know, we, a lot of time, effort and things went into those presentations and if just one kid We've already got our one kid that we that that did it and just one kid says hey wait a minute that's an issue and brought it to us but that's exactly what they should do mike you talked about the difference between the misdemeanor the felony what actions lead up to these um punishments and what can you talk a little bit about what this does far reaching as far as the student's record okay very good question when um when i talk to the seniors in particular and the juniors the older kids uh, students, the the reality is is that I, we talked about college, we talked about scholarships, we talked about um, jobs and employment. We talked about how even at our law firm, we do a, 
a, a very deep social media search on any attorney we're going to hire, as well as any the receptionist. We actually let our receptionist go. She was at a rave, took inappropriate pictures, and we represent school districts. We're not going to have that. You know, we just can't do that. It affects you throughout your life. Those pictures linger forever. I know of a teacher who was terminated because 10 years earlier she had she took pictures of herself that made it to the internet. Her kids found those pictures and the school let her go. So that could happen to you if your picture starts getting around there. And that's something that, that uh, those are forever. The pictures on the internet are forever. You look at the terms of Snapchat, for example, and we use that slide in our presentation. Snapchat keeps every picture. They don't go away. They've got everything. And they could, get, they could be subpoenaed by law enforcement to provide those pictures if necessary. That is long term. And you know, the thing <laughs> is, there's a lot there. And before we get going uh, to anything else, I want to make sure everyone knows our topic today is sexting. Uh, we have uh, some guests, um, Mike Leeser, from, uh, who is our school attorney. Uh, we're joined by Mr. Scott Wynn, Assistant Superintendent for Student Services and Human Resources here in Wiley. Um, Amanda and I are also joined by uh, Stephanie James and uh, Stacy Smith, uh, our parent guests. Uh, you know, uh, Amanda, talk to us a little bit about the emotional side of what happens in these things, in addition to all this other stuff. Well, when we're talking to the counseling staff um, at our schools, the biggest thing that they've noticed is that whereas in the past there may have been an issue with, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or friends, or in a circle of friends, um, it would blow up, you know, have consequences, whatever, and then it would kind of go away because something else would happen. Mm -hmm. But what's happening now is that it's these pictures, these texts, all these things are like continually there. So it's a loop. So one time it may blow up and blow over and then something comes up about that girl again and all the pictures resurface. So it's continually haunting them based oh on a gosh. decision that can they made. Can you imagine as a, as a poor baby? Because no. you know what? These... The one thing I can say is these aren't bad kids who do these things. They make poor choices. And, um, you know, you know, part-time superintendent, full-time parent, you know, you worry about that for your own kids. And, and our 16,000 we have here are our own. So it's an, a huge emotional issue. Right. And, I mean, a lot of times the young ladies are embarrassed. They're upset. They're hurt that they sent something um, that someone that they cared about, something so personal. And then, like Mr. Leeser said, that gets sent out. Um, to other people that that was never the intent and a lot of times the girls are doing this for many reasons whether it's they their friends are doing it and it's so common and they just figure why not it's been requested um, there was a recent um, article that came out from the business insider about that some undercover um, 20 year olds going in the high schools like trying to figure out what's it like to be a teenager now and they said the same thing about how often girls are solicited for these kinds of pictures and they just respond because they know so many other people doing it well, it seems like I've heard, too, that a lot of times once they send a picture, then they'll almost kind of be blackmailed with that picture to continue sending mm -hmm. more pictures. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's kind of like this endless cycle where um, it seems so normal to some of them or it might feel a little weird at first. But once you do it once, then it keeps happening. Well, now, Scott, when you look at the discipline aspect of this, um, we've had quite a few kids that have been, you know, that have been disciplined for, for sexting here in Wiley just this year. We have, and we've had a, a few students that uh, we like. Just this 
this this year, as you said. But the main thing is that when we look at this, we look at our student code of conduct that we send out every year that every parent signs and every student is supposed to sign as well. And in that, it says it's 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 one of the things that we send to DAP and we do discipline on is sending, possessing, or posting electronic messages, video, audio recordings, or images that are abusive, obscene, sexually oriented, and those types of things. And so when you look at that, that's one of the things that I don't know if they're looking at very seriously. Uh, it's in our student code of conduct. So it does really state having it. a conversation with your kids about what's in the code of conduct and make sure that they know that because it is serious. You sign it and you're responsible for it. Right. Yeah. So guys, with regard to that, um, is there anything that parents have asked y'all that, that uh, you know, or is there conversations that y'all have had with other parents relating to this from a PTA perspective or otherwise that, uh, that, that, that might help the group understand what we can do to uh, get the word out or to help them understand better? I think as a mom of girls, um, I get faced with a lot of, you know, topics like this with the sexting and the, and the bullying online. Um, I think my girls would want to know and their friends would want to know when they're so embarrassed by something as personal as this, and they may not want to come to a parent. They just don't want to disappoint you. They're not really afraid of you because you may have a great relationship with your child. Um, if they do go to a counselor or someone in the school, just how can they help them? Because they're going to want to know how, how are we going to deal with this when the backlash starts to happen in the schools? Well, we talk about this in our district a lot, and I even got an email from Dr. Vincent this morning about the relationships the, that we're trying to build in our schools between the kids and their counselors or the kids and their teachers. And so um, we always want them to have somebody, like you said, somebody in the school that they can go to. And so if they went to a counselor when um, our counseling group was talking about it, they really are there to be that support system and safe place. They can't erase it. They can't make it go away forever, but it's somebody that they can make sure that they go to and that will always encourage them. They'll always be a safe spot. And what they're gonna do is talk to them about what can you do from here? What are some things, how do you handle your stress right now? How are you handling this? Um, ask them questions about are you taking care of yourself? Have you learned, what have you learned from this? What can we do together? And um, make sure that they have a support system, a group of friends pulling in their friends, talking to them, making sure that everybody is working together to build a safe place. Um, and one of the counselors said, it's, it's once they end up in my office for um, from sort of, sort of sexting thing, it's like trying to scoop up water that you've just poured out. It's so difficult. Um, but that doesn't mean that one thing has to define you forever. And so what we can do is really think through it. And like what we talked about before, a lot of times it's kids' friends being like, this happened, and going to someone. And so if, you, if your kids see something or hear something, that it's okay to go talk to somebody about it. It's necessary. Right, and that it's important and it's, it's, it's the right thing to do in the moment. Well, how do you think, too, Amanda? How do you think, you know, I've got an eighth grade boy, you know, so usually when I ask him about his day, it's good. What'd you <laughs> yeah. do? Not much. You know, he's, he's a kid. big talker. You know, sometimes I got to feed him quite a bit of food to get him to open up a little bit. But, you know, how can we as parents kind of get our kids to 
open up to us a little bit more, especially about things like that. And I'm sure some of that has to do with our reaction to it. You know, I think our initial reaction probably when a kid brings us a picture on their phone is to be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> probably not the best reaction because <laughs> yeah. they're probably not going to want to come yeah. to us again um, if we act like that. But, but how do you think we can get our kids just to open up to us a little bit more? You know, and maybe not, maybe it's not to us. Maybe it is, you know, like Steph said, you know, wanted to go to a counselor or, you know, a trusted teacher or a mentor or somebody. It's funny, I had a parent asked me that exact question this morning from a real life situation. And it's hard to think because you want to think like what I would really do was probably try to freak out. And then you're like, what do I want to do? And um, I was listening to the news um, and they were talking about how it was a child psychologist and she was saying, the older your kids get, the more you need to hear from what they think about these things. So even just starting by asking questions like when that showed up on your phone, what was your first reaction, you know, and really like allowing them to have the space to talk about it um, without being like, did you do that? Did you send that? You know, not like a critical questions, but just truly like open questions. Not attack, but just have dialogue. I get it. it. You know, we were discussing this because it's been so prevalent, you know, with our conversations with uh, Mike coming and discussing with the kids at dinner there and and everybody's like, would you not talk about this? (laughs) Can we talk about anything? (laughs) So you have to really at least cover it. But I think it does open the door uh, and it lets kids know. I think from from at least the Vincent household, and I know that uh, our good relationships we have with our kids as a principal when I was in that role. If they know you and have a relationship with you, as you're saying, that's so critical. And so I think it's also important for parents to say, do you have somebody at school that you can count on? Um, You know, we have surveyed our kids at the secondary campuses, and 90% of our kids say that they have a positive relationship with their teachers. And uh, our goal is to make sure that we cover that 10%. And uh, kids are so honest. I mean, Scott, from a discipline perspective, you know, when you're counseling parents or you're talking to kids, is there any advice that you would give as far as how they can help or what we can do? You know, I always tell parents when I visit with them that, hey, you know what, we're always glad that we caught your student at this point in time in their, in their life because we can help you deal with it. We can move you forward, and they're very appreciative of that because here's the thing that we can do. We can help them get resources. We can help them get help. We can help them help their children through this process. And the thing that I, that I fear is the ones we don't catch and the ones we don't see that we can't help. But there are so many students that, that are out there that we can help. And I think through the process that we've done through Mike Leeser's uh, group that has come out and presented to our, our, fa- our faculty and our kids has just been enlightening. And so that's going to be take us down the road of peace as well. But once again, it's just getting with those parents and just letting them know we care about them, that we're here with them, and that uh, we're going to help their kids as well. Well, you know, it was really crazy is that, you know, when you guys, Amanda, were talking about bringing this topic to the kids I was like oh parents are gonna call <laughs> this is gonna be bad Martin parents are asking now Amanda is for us take to be to yeah we can can you take it to the lower grades and I'm right. not going wow well, okay I think, yeah I mean I think parents understand this is this is becoming a big problem and it's becoming a big problem at a younger and younger age you know kids seem to be introduced and get into these things at a younger age so I think you know parents are are really concerned and, and want to know what they can do to help, want to know how to build that better relationship with their child so their child's willing to come and talk to them and also kind of want to know, you know, what, what is what is the district doing to help educate my child on this? So I think it was great that Mike came out. I think that was very helpful to those kids. So. And there's no group that's immune to this. There's no like... Yeah, no religious group. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah. one, no, no one is immune. Gender, nothing, yeah. Exactly. And so, and I, I think about... Um, you know, when parents are concerned about talking to their kids. But I feel like 
when we talked as a counseling group, talking to them now before it happens, or maybe it's happened, but you just don't know, but just being like, hey, I was talking with a group of friends and their kid was facing this and this is how, how, how would you handle that? You know, ask your, ask your child, what do they think about this? And then maybe even say, well, if you're in this situation, this is what I would do. And give them a tool, give them, so when they're in that moment, they'd be like, well, my mom said I had to do this. You know, at least some sort of fallback. Dr. Vince is like, tell them, tell them Dr. Vincent said so, w blame me. I always but tell my kids I can be the bad guy. Yeah, I can be the fall guy. they need a boundary. They need someone to tell them what to do. I am used to being the bad guy, just pile on. Because really, <laughs> the thing that I want to make sure our kids are equipped with is a lot of I'm glad I did instead of I wish I would have. And it is hard, so hard to help a kid understand that tomorrow is coming. They're thinking right now. And uh, there's an emotional relationship that happens, and people want to show that emotional, uh, you know, connection. And, and sometimes they do that with, with, with graphic pictures, and it's just, my gosh, it has, like you said, Mike, a long-term impact. So um, with all of that, is there any advice other than what we've talked about today that you can give from a legal perspective about what we can do to equip kids or to help parents know, know what they can do? I think the best thing, obviously, is to know what the law says and know that the, the long-term effects of violating the law and, and being placed in AEP or, or achieve, you know, JJAP potentially, uh, being as a registered sex offender, if it is child pornography, things like that, the very long-term effects are the things that, to me, that you need to be aware of as a parent and be able to express those to your kiddo and be able to tell them that, that what you do today affects you, and here I can give you examples of that. Remember what... Mr. Leeser and Mr. McNall talked about in those presentations. Right. We talked about some long-term effects. We talked about some good things that social media is about, but we also talked about some bad things and the effects of that. And I think that, to me, uh, is more than anything else, is that the law doesn't go away. It doesn't change much. And in this area, it's only going to get more intense. And so I think that you, just the awareness piece of that is more than anything else. Well, two things I'm going to take away from that is, number one, we constantly remind our high school kids, when you get to this age, it doesn't go away from a legal perspective, and they don't get that. And the second thing is it's better if you can blame it on the law and they say this is what's going to happen because it will permit or pro, you know, prohibit a lot of kids from doing what they're going to do. I learned a lot in those presentations, and so, I mean, so just to clarify something, it is against the law for a girl to send a picture of herself. Ma'am, it is. Okay. And then... I don't know, too, I know we've talked about a little bit, but can you maybe, Mike, just lay down the steps for parents? Like, hey, if, you, if your child comes to you and shows you that they've received a photo, what are the exact steps that I as a parent should take? I think, you know, Scott can speak to this also is, is because, you know, if you're at the house and you're talking to your, your, your student and that's where you're located at, those things have probably already made their way to school. So the step, to me, the next step is to get in touch with the principal or assistant principal, someone you're close with at the school, teacher even, if, if that's somebody you're, you're even more comfortable with, call Amanda, call Mr. Wynn, um, talk, call Scott, uh, whatever it may be, you know, um, because at that point, you've got that picture, your child has that picture. That student we talked about earlier, to, earlier today, she did the very right thing. Hey, mom, 
She went to somebody and said, I got this, and this is making me uncomfortable. Mom then, I, I hope, got in touch with the school, and at that point, the school takes it from there, disciplines appropriately, hopefully nips it before it becomes even bigger, before that picture makes the rounds, turns into bullying, ruins somebody's life, and, and hopefully we never get to the situation where we have, uh, have to name a law after somebody like we had to with David. And, and that's the thing that, that I really want to emphasize is that we talk a lot about getting help in our presentations and what getting help means. In that particular situation you just laid out, it's all a matter of getting help. Look for the helpers. They're there. You just got to find them. Okay? That's the main thing. You also mentioned in y'all's presentation that um, there's that, that knee-jerk reaction to, like, uh, one girl got a picture, and she was like, oh, my goodness. And she sent it to her friend and said, look what I just got. What do I do? But that transaction. Just violated the law. Okay. And, and so don't. Don't forward those. Again, go get help with those. Go tell you, know, as parents, if you're not comfortable with me, go find somebody else. We always talk about how our kids are more comfortable talking to our best friend's parents than we are talking to our own. Go tell your best friend parent. I mean, I know I was when I was a student, and I talked about that with our students. Okay, we've got uh, time for like one more question or one more comment, uh, uh, parents. I was just going to say, um, when the kids hear and the parents hear these consequences and talk to their kids about what all this means, the misdemeanors, the felonies. Um, as far as on the reporting end, I think kids that receive a picture because they know the weight of what is about to happen to somebody they go to school with and the fact that they're going to have to talk to someone further, like getting involved in a legal process adds a whole new dimension and perspective for a kid. So how can we as parents encourage our kids that even though all these ramifications are involved, it is very important to report and get the ball rolling. You know, when it this. comes to discipline, it's the sooner the better because it's, it's the quicker we get a hold of this situation, uh, the more that it doesn't spread like, spread like wildfire. You get out to other students and get out, as we've seen, get on Snapchat, get on social media and those type of situations. So um, I, we have encouraged our kids to come tell us as soon as as soon as they have a chance to tell us what's going on, let us know. Show us the picture. Show us that you've got a, a picture of someone else. Because here's the thing. If it doesn't get spread out, the less discipline we'll have to do on some of these students and really, and really help train these students and help them through the situation. I also think um, just telling your kid that you know this is, this is hard and this is not something you would ever thought they would have had to deal with. And just acknowledging that nobody wants to turn their friend in. Sure. I mean, nobody right. wants to do that. Um, but it's, it's like a rabbit hole that they will just get stuck in forever if somebody doesn't stop it. And somebody's just gonna have to be the brave one to step up and that you'll walk hand in hand with your kid to get it done. That's great. The other thing that's important is that if your child's ever been solicited to send a picture that's, that's not appropriate to someone else, turn that in as well because that's a situation that could uh, turn into something bad as well. If they turn those type things in, we can, we can run those things down too and find out what's going on. So, uh, Stacy, you had a good question. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just curious. When, when my son comes to me you know, or a child comes to another parent and they have this, this photo on their phone, at what point do we as a parent, are we able to delete that and should we delete that and get it off their phone and, and you know, kind of how does that process work? Because surely as a parent, I want that off as quickly as I can, yeah, right? What do you do? Yeah, what do I do with that photo? <laughs> That's a great question and I'm going to answer from the school side and I'll have Mike Lisa answer from the legal side, but 
from the school side of it, we're going to tell you to take it directly to the principal, show the principal the picture so they can identify who the child is that's in the picture, and they can take the appropriate action. Because I know that once once we see that, we can delete it at the school to, to know, make sure that we take the, the action that needs to be taken. I'm going to let Mr. Leeser answer the, the legal side of it as well. The pic We don't need, as a school district, we don't need a copy of the picture for the file or to discipline or anything. We don't want it, um, as a matter of fact. So once the principal or the assistant principal or even a teacher sees it, that's enough for us to go forward with proper discipline if that's if that's warranted at that point. Um, not with a student that brings it to us. Please don't misunderstand. You bring it to us, that's a good thing. That You, you are not going to be disciplined for that unless you've sent it to other people. Please don't misunderstand. But, the, uh, uh, but at that point, delete it, get rid of it, get it off your phone. If the police get involved, they have ways of getting those pictures. Don't, don't worry. I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about you not having something on your child's phone. In particular, if, you, um, if you're in a situation where it gets on your phone for whatever reason, please delete it immediately off your phone. Again, if it's a, if it's a naked picture of a child that's a minor on your phone, that's possession of child pornography. We don't want that. We don't want that to happen to you as a parent. And as a parent, like my initial reaction, if I were to see something like that on my kid's phone, would be, I want to get this off my kid's phone. Let me send it to my phone so we can report it, and that way it's not on my kid's phone. But I, I shouldn't be do doing that, do right? Do not do that. No, do not do that. Do not put it on your adult phone, please. What happens in that transaction? Uh, in which, because if you send it to your phone, what right. have you done? If, well, number one. You the students now violated the law. They've promoted it. And number two, now, again, you could be in more serious trouble than you ever wanted to be in as an adult. Yeah, so I think I'm protecting oh, wow. my child, but I'm making it worse. Right. So, yes, yes let's go. Let's go get the discipline handled. Then let's get it off the phone. Okay. Stephanie, you mentioned that some parents have safeguards where they get their kids text messages. Right, like um, my youngest daughter, I get everything she texts her friends. And so that's going to show up on my device, whether I want it to or not. My other daughter, she might send me the picture and delete it off her phone because she doesn't want to keep it, but she wants me to have it. There are scenarios, you know, where you're just yeah. innocent altogether and you don't want to have possession of that. And yes, and in those situations, get rid of the picture would be my best okay. advice. At that point, then report it. Go ahead and report it to the school, and we'll work backwards. We, we can take testimony that says, hey, I received this picture. This is not, you know, we can work backwards from there. I received it. This is who I received it from. From a discipline standpoint, we can wind our way there. If the police get involved, they can wind their way backwards. I just don't want you to be in possession of something sure. that gets you in trouble. Absolutely. This has been the Achieving Kids podcast. It's been a great, great session. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all of the, the guests here today. Uh, I know that uh, Stephanie, I know that you and, and uh, Stacy have been really helpful. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for inviting us. Yes, thanks. Um, yeah, thank you, uh, Mr. Wynn. Uh, he uh, can provide the, some of the, a lot of those uh, discipline case and situations. I appreciate you. And, and Mike Leeser, I mean, have an attorney <laughs> the first time, right, yeah, Amanda? That's good. He just wants a discount. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know so that that's going to happen. <laughs> I haven't received the fee for this. But here's no. the thing. I'm going to be a part of this. Dads, we want you to be engaged with your kids. And achieving kids are those kids who having an emotional balance that's healthy and happy, that have a good relationship with you. And the moment that they feel desperate, the moment they feel isolated is the moment they don't thrive. And we want to make sure our kids are a part of that. Amanda, anything else while we wrap up? No, I, this was awesome. Thanks for hosting. All right. Have a great day. <laughs>